You're listening to the Alpha Man Project with your host, Ted Rice. Would you like to be bigger, leaner, and stronger? Do you want to develop the confidence to go after what you want in life? Or how about becoming the man that women want to be with? It doesn't matter if you're a successful CEO or working 9 to 5. We're here once a week to empower you to reach your full potential so you can live life on your own terms. You deserve greatness. Now it's time to make it happen. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe to the podcast feed. Follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook. Find it all at alphamanprojects.com. Now back to the show. Yeah, you know, you remind me of... My Shotokan teacher, he was a Street Fighter guy and learned Shotokan second. And he would tell me, he's like, listen, you know, this is for practicing. This is for sparring. But he helped me bring out that killer instinct side where we really have to, because I was a bit, you know, I was okay. I wasn't bad at doing the karate. I was decent at the point fighting and all that stuff that goes on in Shotokan. But man, I didn't really have it in me and he helped bring that out. So what do you recommend guys study in terms of martial arts for self-defense? Because Bodie, really quick, man, I said I'm a brown belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And, you know, now you guys know I studied Shotokan before that. But most of what I ended up learning and part of why I don't train so much anymore is because I don't compete anymore. And I was learning stuff to beat another high level grappler, which one of two things, those guys don't start (laughs) fights. And two, some of the positions are not going to be useful in a situation where, like you said, the honor goes out the window. So what recommendations can you make for guys who want to be able to defend themselves in a situation where their lives might be on the line and that's a great question and you know i did the same thing when i was teaching my kids when they first started teaching and i was taking them to the tournaments it's a sport it's a strategy to go along with getting the points and my kids won truckloads of trophies when they were younger and it got to be where they only wanted to learn how to get the point and how to win the trophy and the strategy for that, which is totally different than self-defense strategy, is the sport and its self-defense. It's not the same thing. You might use some of the same things, but it's not the same. And another example of that is when I first started karate back in 83, 84, and I was a good street fighter. I knew how to defend myself, but when I would get into the sparring ring and try to do things that way and instead of just fighting the way I fight in the street I would get beat sometimes I was like you know I could kick this guy's butt I don't understand why I'm losing these sparring matches and it's because I was focused on the rules Mm -hmm. and that's the difference in actual fighting and fighting by the rules it's a sporting event just like football wrestling whatever and it's different when you have rules you know I've gotten a little bit away from Shotokan yeah, because the same thing that you mentioned, that you're learning to pull your punch when you spar. You want to come within an inch of somebody's face and pull it. Well, that's developing bad habits. If you're, if you're looking at <laughs> right. self-defense, if you're going to punch on the street and you pull your punch an inch away from somebody's face, then you're in trouble. <laughs> and so I've kind of started gravitating to some of the martial arts that are you know, pushing real-life scenarios. Krav Maga, I think, is really good. Jiu-Jitsu is good. 
And what I like to do is look at each martial arts and take what, and then Bruce Lee said the same thing, you know, you take what works. What is right depends on what works. So you don't take a system and say, well, you know, I can't do this because it's Taekwondo and I'm in Shotokan and I'm supposed to be learning Shotokan. You take what works from whatever system you find it, what works for you. I mean, different things work for different people. You can't just group everybody and say, well, Shotokan is the best or, or Krav Maga is the best or Taekwondo is the best because it depends on your body type, your flexibility. You know, it depends on a lot of different factors. But I do like Krav Maga. You know, I practiced and got experience with Shotokan, Jiu-Jitsu, Krav Maga, and Ninjutsu. And yeah, I've taken useful things from each of those. Somebody asked me, where should I go just for self-defense? The first thing that would pop in my mind is Krav Maga. Interesting. Great. So Krav Maga, guys, you heard it from Bodhi. He has a lot of experience in a lot of different martial arts, and that's his recommendation. Awesome. And Bodhi, I have another question for you along the same lines. We've talked about the limitations of rule fighting, of sport, of competition style martial arts training, but I don't think I would be as good in a real situation if I hadn't had all that experience pulling off all those moves I did in not just sparring, but also in competition. How do you balance the two between understanding the limitations of sport but also recognizing that the repetition and the fact that you're pulling moves off on a resisting opponent, where does that fit in your training and your philosophy of martial arts and self-defense? Wow, you got some great questions here. <laughs> I think what you're referring to there kind of connects with the idea of Mushin, which is the best way to explain that is when you go into Mushin, your mind is not actively thinking. You're not actively having to think about stuff. And that's why you practice the same punch thousands of times. You're building muscle memory. You're building an automatic reflex in your body. And it's the same thing. A good analogy for your listeners would be when you first learn to drive a car. You know, when you first learn, you're nervous. you got both hands on the wheel. You have to actively think about, okay, I'm turning right, I gotta turn the blinker on, check my rear view mirror, I've got to slow down, I've gotta make sure I'm on the brake. You gotta think about all this stuff when you first start driving. And it's that way, and after you've been driving for 10 years, you don't even remember doing that stuff. You just do it naturally. It's the same way in fighting. You do those moves so much that when somebody grabs you a certain way, boom, it happens right there. You do that, the correct move, for that grab. And it's the same thing in an actual street fight, except the difference is you don't have that same amount of experience with street fighting as you do in the dojo because you're not gonna go out, if you're doing things as it should be done, you're not gonna be going out and getting in a street fight every weekend and getting that experience. And a lot of the people, the predators that you meet are doing that. They right. do get in those, and they have that experience. So you've gotta balance those two You've got to make things as realistic as possible in the dojo because when you actually need it, there's a good chance that you're going to be fighting somebody who does have a lot of experience in street fighting, not in sport fighting or not in the dojo. And you're still going to, you know, those moves are going to help, but you still need to 
have that self-confidence that they're going to work for you in the street and you need to know something about actual street fighting as well and it's kind of like if you grew up street fighting like i did you're going to know things that they don't teach in the dojos they don't teach you when you get ready to spar or if you get knocked down you don't grab a handful of sand in the dojo and jump up and throw it in somebody's face and hit them you get up you stop you go back to your line you start again you know it doesn't happen that way in the street you know they will use anything and everything that it takes to defeat you and you should do the same thing and so you don't get that part of the training in the dojo you have to study you have to use some common sense and think about it you know if you know somebody attacked me you know i have a zen garden in my backyard and so if somebody broke into my yard and attacked me while i'm out practicing a kata in my zen garden one of the first things that would come to my mind is grabbing a handful of sand and, and putting it in his eyes and then taking him down with whatever i need to after that you use whatever you need to in a real fight and that's something that i think a lot of dojos are not teaching and one reason is that they don't want to get sued they don't want to tell a kid well you want to hit somebody here or you know this will stop a fight if you gouge somebody's eyes and then that kid goes out on the playground and gouges some other kid in the eyes and you're going to get sued for teaching them that so a lot of the instructors are in between a rock and a hard place and they really can't teach that to some of their students but at the same time the students need to know about that aspect of fighting and so it's kind of a balancing act and that's one reason that the masters didn't just teach anybody they didn't just pull whoever wanted to come and pay them money and teach them these techniques it was very important to them what the students character was before they started teaching them and they even looked at that throughout the years and they wouldn't teach them everything they knew until they were 100 percent assured of that person's character which would take years of training with them to actually understand their true character and today most martial arts instructors will teach anyone who comes in signs a contract and is willing to pay the money and that's a dangerous situation because if you're training someone with poor character or no integrity no honor you're basically just giving fighting skills to a thug and they're going to go out start fights get in trouble maybe even you know get themselves in jail knows where it's going to go but you i think that's something that's really missing today is most instructors are willing to teach anyone it doesn't matter as long as they got the cash they could be gang members coming in wanting to learn and they would teach them and then they go out and use it in the street you know to hurt somebody and i think that's something that we need to get back to which you can't really do have it both ways you can't make your living teaching martial arts or make a good living at it and teach only people with good character because it's not that many people with honor and integrity to go around (laughs) right well part of it is that they're not being taught that and one of the reviews of your book it's like this should be a course in school because we're learning math we're learning how to write we're learning all these skills some of which are not even useful anymore right because basically once you get out of school if you don't have to do algebra or calculus right it's not really that useful, you know, to figure out. Don't even get me started on the schools. (laughs) I've been a school teacher for 15 years and the schools are bad. (laughs) Wow. 
they're not teaching anything close to character and integrity in the schools. So guys, you are going to have to go out and find mentors like Bodie and listen to my podcast and listen to like-minded podcasts to help build you into this person. Because Bodie, I think a lot of people maybe sign up to my podcast because I help them with fitness. I talk about some other things, some practical tips they can do. But the underlying thing, what is beneath all that, that is really going to get them what they want in life and show them the way in their life. Show them, okay, well, I have this situation. How do I react to it? What choices am I going to make? It really comes down to the stuff that you're talking about, Bodie. Right. And yeah, let me give you another example. I mean, sure. How many times this week have you had to fight for your life? Zero. <laughs> how many times this month have you had to fight for your life? Uh, that would be zero. What about this past year? Have you had to fight in life or death situation in the last year? I have not. I will say this. I have been in two situations where there was a potential mugging type of situation going down, but I didn't even have to fight because I looked in the guy's eyes and he knew that whether he won or I won, there is going to be some pain being inflicted. Right. Wasn't going to be easy. Two possible situations in the last year. Now, how many times have you had to make a decision that challenged your character in the last week or whether or not you would be honest or let something slide? Yeah, that happens all the time. All the time. So the philosophy side of things, you use every single day, many times a day, throughout the day, where the self-defense side, you know, hopefully you're not going to use it at all. You don't have to use it at all, but it's there if you need it. But the philosophy side of things and the character training, the honor, the integrity, you need to have that and be prepared to use that because you're going to be using that day in and day out all the time. You're going to be using this stuff, you know, 100% more than you use your self-defense in real life. Hopefully, hopefully you're not, unless you're a cop or in the military or something, but the principles that I teach and the, the character traits that's stuff that you're going to be using every single day of your life. And so you need to think about it. You know, well, yeah, I spend this many hours a week training on my self-defense. And you never think about character traits or, or the philosophy side of things. And you're using that every day, all throughout the day, in the office or in the school. You constantly have situations that's going to you have to make a decision well what's right and what's wrong in this situation or what is honorable and what's not so you have those you're using the philosophy side all the time but nobody's teaching it or hardly anybody's teaching it and most kids or students are not getting that side and they're just going to left up to their self you know what's right what's wrong here and hopefully they make a good decision but yeah they make it on the spot because they're not studying this, they're not training in it, they're not getting it in the dojo, most dojos anyway. They're for sure not getting it in the public schools. And if they're not getting it, if you don't have good parents who are think about this stuff, who think about the philosophy and think about honor and character and integrity and really work at teaching it to their kids, where are they going to get it? They're not getting it from the peers. They're not getting it from the school, not getting it in the dojo. They're not getting it from movies and television and CDs, the celebrities. Where are they going to get it? That's something that doesn't come naturally. You've got to get it somewhere. Somebody's got to teach it to you. And that's what my books are about, and that's what they're for. 
I love that. And you're basically distilling all this warrior knowledge, all these ancient philosophies into something that is relevant for today. And I just think that's so powerful and so awesome because Bruce Lee, as everybody knows, we all know Bruce, you guys listening, if you've never done martial arts, you know Bruce Lee, but he was a student of philosophy. Exactly. And it's just so important. So Bodhi, let's take this into a more philosophical direction after discussing all those self-defense situations. And you talk a lot in your book about a warrior, the mind of a warrior, the actions of a warrior, the words of a warrior. What is a warrior in your definition? My definition of a warrior kind of clashes with many. Many people think that a warrior is strictly someone who has fought in a war or battle. And even if you're in the military and you haven't seen action, they don't think you're a warrior. And I don't agree with that at all. To me, you know, my definition of a true warrior is someone that has the ability and the will to fight to protect himself or his friends or his family or innocent people that may be around him. And at the same time, you know, he seeks to perfect his character. So he balances the philosophy side with the self-defense side. He lives his life with honor and integrity, dedication to what's right, his own code of ethics or his own code of honor. Yeah, he's willing, he has the ability, and even if you don't have the ability to fight and you don't have the training, you can still be a warrior because if you have that desire to do what's right and you have the willingness to step up when you need to. And for example, I think it was two or three years ago, it seems like I saw on the news, it was I think in New York at the subway, that some drunk stumbled through and fell under the tracks and the train was coming down the tracks and this guy jumped down there you know it's a pretty good drop on those subways he jumps down onto the tracks helps this guy back up and climbs up just before the train gets there now i would call that guy a warrior he just risked his life to save a stranger's life somebody was weak and in need he jumped down put his life in danger to save his life and you see that kind of stuff all the time and i would put money that that guy was not a martial artist not a military guy he stepped up, put his life on the line to do what was right and to help somebody. And it, that is what a true warrior does. Or in the military, that's what they do. They step up, they put their life on the line to protect the country, to protect their buddies, to protect those who need protecting. And they put their life on the line. That's what good cops do. They put their life on the line to protect the citizens and the innocent people. And at the same time, you don't have to be in the military. You don't have to be a cop to do that. If you're willing to put your life on the line and you step up when it's time to step up, then in my book, you're a warrior. It's better if you're prepared and you have the training and you know what you're doing and you're in shape enough to actually step up and defend somebody, then you're going to come out of it better than if you were just you know, average Joe working in an office who doesn't work out, doesn't have any self-defense training. Yeah, that guy may be a warrior inside, in his heart, but at the same time, he may not have the ability to step up and do what somebody who lives a warrior lifestyle could do in the same situation. That's my definition of a warrior. I know that definition really rubs some people the wrong way, but they say, well, no, you've never been in a battle or 
in war, you're not a warrior, period. And I get rude emails weekly about that. <laughs> you know, people just chewing me out, you know, that you're not a real warrior, this, that, you're not in the military, you're not a cop, you're just fake. And at the same time, I've seen a lot of people in the military who wouldn't step up and say something like the guy did on the subway. A lot of cops wouldn't jump down there with the subway coming. They would keep the other people back and then what happens, happens. So just working in a warrior profession doesn't make you a warrior. It makes you a cop, it makes you a soldier, whatever, but there's a lot of people that are cops and soldiers who are not warriors. You know, just because they're in that profession, you know, being a warrior has nothing to do with a profession. It has to do with what you are inside, who you are, and not what you do. Man, I love that, Bodie. So being a warrior is a mindset. It's a set of beliefs that you act by. And I have the utmost respect for our cops, our police, anybody who's willing to put themselves out. I know you do as well, but at the same time, right, those are soldiers, those are police, those are professions, but you don't have to do that to be a warrior. It really starts with inside and it doesn't necessarily mean if you are in that profession, in one of those warrior professions, like you said, that you have that mindset, that set of beliefs that guides your actions. That is just such a powerful concept. And I just love that, man. I I resonate with that. There's good people and bad people in every profession. There's good cops and bad cops. There's soldiers who are warriors and soldiers who signed up hoping to get their college paid for. There's good and bad, no matter what profession you're in. It has nothing to do with the job. It has to do with your mind, like you said, the mindset and who you are, who you've decided to be. And that is something you can change. You're not born a warrior or non-warrior. That is something you decide and you decide for yourself. You know, I'm gonna live this way and you study it and you prepare yourself in every way possible for if that situation ever does come up, that you are prepared to you know, save your life or save somebody else's life. And that's what the warrior lifestyle is about. It's not just being in the military or being a cop or being a firefighter. It's making a decision and living by that decision and studying it, preparing yourself until you've internalized that lifestyle. And that's no longer something you do or something you're willing to do, that's something you are in the core of your being. And that, to me, is what defines a warrior. Awesome. And Bodie, just off the record here, I do a segment called The Alpha Round, and it's just where I fire off some questions and you answer them off the cuff. Okay. Is that cool? Yeah, it's cool with me. Awesome, man. I'm having a great time with this interview. You're as good, if not better, than I thought you were going to be. So, Well, I appreciate that. (laughs) Oh, it's great stuff. All right, Bodie, I think this is a great point to get into the alpha round. Are you ready? Yeah, go ahead. All right. So, Bodie, what does it mean to be a man in your definition? To me, it's a difference in being a man and being an adult male. There are a lot of adult male, according to the government, you're a man at the age 18. It doesn't matter, that's it, you're a man, you're an adult. To me, being a man is much more than your age. I've met people that are 60 and 70 who I wouldn't consider real man. They're adult male, but they're not a real man. They have no character. So to me, being a real man means 
you step up and you live by honor and character and integrity and you take care of your responsibilities and your duties which whether it's taking care of your family your filial duty taking care of your parents or you know, your kids whatever your duties might be that you do it and you do the right thing and you do it with honor and character wow powerful answer and what would you say to one of the listeners who just heard this interview and he's very inspired but maybe he doesn't consider himself a warrior yet or he hasn't studied martial arts and he's not a soldier what is something he could start doing right away to get himself in touch with that side of himself and start developing his warrior mindset well the first thing i would say is get modern bushido and start reading it and that is kind of an overview of this lifestyle, the warrior lifestyle, and how to develop your character and your honor, your code of ethics, and your standards, and gives you kind of an outline of the traits that, that, you know, I don't even say a real man, because these character traits are the same thing that anybody of integrity should live by, whether they're man, woman, you know, child, whoever. And I would say get that and start developing your character and your principles and lighting that fire and then go from there once you start doing that and you start living the warrior lifestyle then you're going to want to learn self-defense you're going to want to learn as much as you can to be prepared in every area for whatever may come so i would say you know start with the philosophy instead of most people start with the self-defense and just put the philosophy on the shelf i would say start with the philosophy develop your own standards, your own principle, your code of honor that you want to live by, and then go from there. And then you'll see that, yeah, I need to add self-defense classes, and I need to think about this, and I need to quit doing this or change this. So start with the philosophy and go from there. Great, so start with the philosophy, then all that other stuff is gonna fall in place because you will know what martial art you should take. You'll know what other things you should study. That's yeah, great and, and advice. You will, you will be able to better evaluate your instructor and decide when you go in and watch a couple of classes, is this the place I need to be? Or is this the instructor that's gonna not only develop my self-defense, but does he have the character that I wanna learn? Can he teach me the principles and the philosophy? Or is he just, in it to teach sport or is he just in it to, because he used to be in the military and he can teach me how to you know defend myself and break an arm or do whatever and so if you start with the philosophy and build the base kind of think of it as a foundation then you build with the other stuff yeah great advice and Bodie, what's the most important piece of advice you've ever received from a mentor of yours in the martial arts Oh, boy, that's a tough question. I think as far as self-defense and fighting goes, that would have had to come from my dad. And he always used to say, a boy will fight you, but a man will hurt you. And I see that all the time. You, you see the boys pushing and shoving each other and getting in little fist fights. And you see it on the videos that are posted. And, you know, people send me these videos all the time where two guys are just kind of swinging a man our age is not going to do that. I'm not going to get busted all up just to prove how tough I am. If somebody's coming after me and I can't walk away from it and just settle it without fighting, then somebody's going to get hurt because I'm not going to get a broken hand, busted ribs, busted knee, and be hobbling around for two or three years 
because I didn't want to hurt somebody. So I think that piece of advice has stuck with me, that you know, boys are going to shove, and basically when they fight, it's playtime. When you get an older guy, you don't want to be in that fight because he's either going to kill you or hurt you. <laughs> Yeah, I love that advice, and absolutely, I don't want to get into a fight. My left knee's pretty shot, although it's doing better these days. It's like, if you put me in a situation, I already know I'm going to get hurt. I'm going to make sure you get hurt a lot worse than me, (laughs) because I don't want anything to do with it in the first place. And that's when somebody's dangerous. It's just like backing them in a corner. You know... You know, I'm either going to get busted up or I'm going to have to hurt somebody. Then you're backed into a corner, and that's when you back somebody into a corner, whether it's a person or an animal, then that animal is dangerous because they see no other way out and they're going to come after you. Yeah, that's great. And Bodie, imagine that you were back at the beginning of your journey into martial arts, but you have all the knowledge and experience you currently have. What would you have done differently? I would have been practicing daily instead of Tuesday and Thursday nights. You know, when I started martial arts, you went to karate on Tuesday and Thursday nights, and that's when I stretched, that's when I practiced kata, that's when I did whatever we were working on that night. And the rest of the week, you know, I went out and partied and did whatever else I did back then. And uh, if I had to do it again, I would spend a lot more time studying philosophy developing who I was going to be as a person instead of just going out and partying. You know, when I first started, it was kind of like martial arts on Tuesday and Thursday. That's martial arts time. So that was like two and a half to three hours a week of martial arts. And the rest of the week I was doing something else. If I had to do it again, I would be even on the nights that I don't have class, I would be stretching every day. I would be working out every day. And I would be doing some form of training basically throughout the day, which is what Masashi said. He said, you should train more than you sleep. You should be training all the time. And you think about that now, the, you know, how busy we are, and it's almost impossible, but right. it's not because you can do it mentally. Mm-hmm. Like when you're sitting in traffic, stuck in traffic on the, on the road, you can be visualizing this move or this kata or what you would do in this situation. You could be doing affirmations. You know, there's always some sort of training that's available. If you're watching a movie, so you're watching a movie that has fight scenes, you can be visualizing what would I do in this situation. There's always a way to be training in one area or another. And that's what I would have done different is if I knew what I know now, I would have done more training across the board. Wow. That's such a great answer and very, very insightful So guys, there you have it. Bodie, thank you for such an awesome interview. Why don't you give yourself a plug and tell the listeners where they can connect with you, learn more about Dr. Bodie Sanders and where to get your book. Well, you can get all of my books on Amazon.com. Just put in Bodie Sanders. That's B-O-H-D-I Sanders. All of my books are on there and you can also look inside each book on Amazon. For signed books, you can go to my website, it is thewisdomwarrior.com, and I have a bookstore on there. And I'm also I have a big following on Facebook. I have a page called Warrior Wisdom and the Warrior Lifestyle that has a lot of readers on there, and we post a lot of interesting things on there that we get good debates going, a lot of good information, excerpts from my books. 
So I post a lot of free information and good stuff on Facebook. So you can check it out either of those places. There's also a lot of good articles in the archives on my website that you can go back for several years worth of articles I've written and find a lot of good stuff on there. Excellent. And guys, definitely go to Bodie's website. Get his book, Modern Bushido. It is awesome. I just started reading it not too long ago. It's got all types of great information. If you think our interview inspired you and gave you some knowledge, it's an entire book full of Bodhi's wisdom and his knowledge. And definitely look him up on Facebook. I'm Facebook friends with Bodhi and he posts some awesome quotes I love to share with my Facebook friends and my audience. So Bodhi, thank you so much for sharing your knowledge or your wisdom and most importantly, your time. I'm honored and grateful. You've reached the end of another episode of the Alpha Man Project. Connect with us at alphamanproject.com. Your feedback is really important to us. It helps us learn, develop, and most importantly, improve our podcast for you. Give us a review on iTunes and receive a free grocery shopping list and four-week muscle-building workout. See you next episode.